Welcome to Backward Point. This is a cricket podcast. My name is Bashar. I'm the co-host. And with me is my brother and co-host. Nazar Sayyad, reporting for duty. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Uh, this is a podcast about cricket where we talk about all things in the world of cricket. A lot of it is sometimes focused on Pakistan cricket because our background is Pakistani. Uh, we're Pakistani Canadians. We live in Toronto. Um, you might have just seen a lot of our episodes uh, that we covered for the GT20 in Canada. A lot of player interviews. Uh, another thing that we thought we should address early on is the fact that this podcast is in English. Um, this has always been an English-based podcast. Um, the fact that we can speak Urdu is an advantage for us. Uh, that's why we saw a lot of the interviews that we did with the players, with Azam Khan, with Mohammed Haris, Samin Rana in Urdu. Um, that is a plus point for us. But going forward, our podcast will primarily be in English. As it always has been, because we've never shied away from the fact that we live in Canada. Our, we speak English. That's something that we communicate each other with. And uh, it's having the plus point of speaking in Urdu gets us interviews like Mohammed Hadis, Amin Rana, Azam Khan, etc. Because we have that on the, in the back of our hands. But primarily, this podcast has always been in English. It will remain in English. And we don't plan on changing that anytime soon. Yeah, we want our, the audiences in Australia, UK, New Zealand, Canada, South US, Africa, yeah. UK, right? We want them to be um, included in the conversations that we have because that's primarily who we wanted to speak with anyways. Yeah, and in cricket being an English sport and English being, I guess, the most accessible language in the world, it only makes sense if the podcast is also in English. Yeah, and with, with speaking Urdu, which we're not shy of, like a lot of people were commenting on your intro for the Azam Khan podcast being in English, like, you know, Urdu mein baat kar rahe And it's not like we're afraid of speaking Urdu. We can easily speak Urdu, right? It's just that we just don't want it to be region-centric. You get really easily pigeonholed into one side or the other this is a pakistani podcast but we are very critical of the pakistan team um th- just because we support one team or our interests lie in one side does not mean that we're we're not critical of them um so that's primarily this whole preamble is because we get a lot of people asking us why we're speaking in english and now that we've sort of quote-unquote blown up they're going to be shocked that we're speaking in english and this is why I think it's important to address the fact that we did blow up in the past few weeks. Uh, people think we've just been podcasting for about six months and our podcast has suddenly blown up. Actually, that's not true. Uh, we have been podcasting since about four and a half years. Um, just to give some context on what the podcast is, how it started. Uh, my brother here, uh, this podcast is his brainchild. He is the innovator, the entrepreneur here. And I'm more of the investor, the producer of the podcast. So uh, we started podcasting four and a half years ago in a small library in, um, in our old city that we used to live in Pickering. Um, and it was called The Final Over. We would do weekly podcasts, but again, not as consistent. We rebranded to um, the broadcast podcast. We were doing that podcast for a few years. And then we rebranded again. Uh, it was called Vaguely Familiar. And then that podcast had different wings. And Backward Point was one of the wings. It was the cricket wing of the podcast. Um and then just recently in December, we decided to branch off Backward Point into a podcast of its own uh, just so we could target that cricket niche. And here we are. Backward Point is, has become a phenomenon uh, in the cricket world. Um, and kudos to what's happened in the past few weeks, which I think it's very important for us to address and also to speak of because um, it's just been an absolute roller coaster. Um, I don't think there's anything in the world that can prepare you for going viral on the internet yeah <laughs> um and especially um the way we went viral 
what happened in the aftermath. I think uh, all of that needs to be addressed. But let's just start with um, how we got in touch with the GT20, how we became uh, media partners, um, and and then eventually how we got all these guests on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. I was stuck in Pakistan. And uh, it was something that you were uh, very keen on. It was taking Backward Point to a next step. Ever since we branched out and made Backward Point its own thing, you have been spearheading it. You are the producer of it. You know, it's, it's, it's your brainchild at the end of the day. And you wanted to sort of take Backward Point to a new level, which we always knew it had the potential of being. Um, you know, we talk about um, advantages that you have on the internet to succeed. And our advantage was that we just, we were really good at talking about cricket since the beginning. And we took that forward. We wanted to make sure that our voices were heard and the GT20 happening in our backyard figuratively uh, was really helpful in that sense. And you you prepared a pitch deck, you, you made a presentation for the GT20, GT20 accepted, gave us media access and hotel access, which is very, very important, those two things. And they basically, you know, they tried to hook us up with some players that, that we wanted to speak with some lesser known players. And then we had our own ideas, right? Um, once you got hotel access, it was just basically you were on on the case. Like you were tracking on players. Okay, we have Hadis here. We have Iftikhar here. We have um, Azm here. Those are the three that um, we wanted to target. And we wanted to speak with, I should say. And you were just on case with making sure that the the managers were spoken to, the media, team media manager was spoken to, everybody was on board, nobody was left behind, all the boxes were ticks, ticked, and one by one, we got our guests, the ones that we wanted to talk to. Um, the one thing that we did was we sort of, we, we knew that it was hard to get access to them. And from the get-go, if you ask a 45-minute, hour-long podcast, you might get no. So what we did was, you know, we'd, we'd pitch it to the team that it's just a 15 to 20 minute thing. And even when the players would come and sit, we'd let them know it's 15 to 20 minutes, but it's up to your discretion, however long you want to go. And I think it goes to show uh, the magnitude, the resilience, the experience that we have as podcasters that they, for them, it didn't even feel like they were sitting for 40 minutes or an hour. Like I remember when hottest podcast ended, he was shocked that we hit 41 minutes. And I was like, yeah, well, that, that's a podcast. And he was like, wow, I could have gone for like 15 minutes more, right? And it was just one of those things where we were like, okay, good. So we do have that personality. We have that gravitas to make sure that, that the players in front feel like they're not being, um, they're not being coerced into something that's a little bit sinister like traditional media can be. It's just a chill conversation between three people. Yeah, and and actually, our initial ask was, uh, you know, when the media team asked me which players I wanted, which teams I wanted for, um, my initial ask was straight up: Chris, give me Chris Gale, give me Shoaib Malik, give me Shahid Afridi for thirty minutes each. Um, and I was immediately told that a that's too much of an ask for players of that stardom, um, and secondly that it's it might be too much of an ask uh, for a podcast that doesn't really have the numbers out there to convince the players in the first place to speak. Yeah, to I mean, I think we should be black and white. We got told no many times because we had 780 subscribers at the time and now we have 600 6700 subscribers which is just insane bonkers you know insert word adjective here we're appalled <laughs> we had so many people following us at the same time i'm not that appalled because like you mentioned we've been doing this long enough like we've put in the hours we've put in the hard work the consistency the resilience uh we had the experience of you know uh, of churning out what we did because of how long we've been doing it. Um, you mentioned the Horace podcast. I think 
when Horace was seated, I don't think he felt like it was a podcast. The kind of insights, the stories, um, the laughs that he shared, it just felt so genuine. And that also resonated with the people who watched and the comments reflect the same thing. Yeah, because it was it literally was just a conversation between three dudes who love cricket. One just happens to be an international cricket player who plays for one of the best teams in the world, which is the Pakistan cricket team. But apart from that, it was just literally three people just enjoying cricket. He had great stories. We were keen on listening on them. Um, you know, it was just the hardest thing I think about the whole situation was to be desensitized with Muhammad Aris sitting in front of you. You know, the guy who basically single-handedly uh, changed the course of your Pakistan T20 World Cup in 2022 or sitting with Azam Khan who it's his own story like I think I shared it on the podcast of you know us being critical of him and then me by chance serendipitously running into him at a restaurant in Karachi while I was in Karachi cursing my fates being in Karachi and then everything happening and then him sitting in front of us and telling us stories about how he got into the PSL like all of that retrospectively feels like a dream honestly it's just weird that we got that opportunity to get get that done. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, being desensitized about all, all the players and everything that happened between us. I think for me, that was the biggest thing as well. Like just being at the team hotel, doing these podcasts, like it was sort of a pinch me moment. Like I'm at the team hotel and Chris Gale is walking past me. Shaila Freely just shook my hands. Fakhar Zaman just came down the elevator. Mohammed Rizwan just went on to pray. Like that's all happening in front of me because, you know, as much of a podcaster I am, I'm also a huge cricket fan. Um, and these players, I, I rate them very highly. I, I have them in, in high regard. Uh, so the first big podcast I, I would say we did was with Shane Bond. And Shane was a hero growing up, you know, sort of a role model because I was a fastballer. Uh, and Shane was up there with me between, you know, between Shrebakhtar, Brett Lee, and himself as one of the fastest bowlers, the most destructive bowlers. Uh, of, of my generation of the like 2000s. we were genuinely starstruck when you were sitting we were. in front of us and we said that on the podcast yeah. <laughs> we were like yeah. yo like at the, i'm glad we said at the end yeah we we're like i don't i don't know if you know like we're just huge fans and then he gave us his number he was like next time you guys are in new zealand i'll show you around you know don't worry whatever you guys have my numbers relax i'm like whoa man like that's that's a superstar right there yeah, I mean, it's a superstar for us, but like this whole experience has sort of humanized that at the end of the day, Harris is just a player. Shane Bond is just also a regular human being. Chris Gale likes to party and he likes to hang out. So um, that was that was a huge thing. And, and you know, sort of like you mentioned, it was a dream come true. Like looking back, it feels like all of what happened was a blur. Um, and I have to sort of remind myself every day that that actually happened. Like one of my goals was to always speak to a Pakistani international player um, and, and for that to happen with Horace and the way that Horace's podcast went, how ridiculously viral it went. I think we need to talk about that. Yeah, we should talk about what happened there. Um, I think, um, so there's, it's a double-edged sword, right? So Horace's podcast comes out. I think it was a Friday or yeah, it was a Friday. Friday. We dropped it on a Friday. You know, we're just excited about it. Very, you know, very hopeful that the podcast will do well. Our numbers, I remember, were it'll probably hit 10,000 views in two weeks and we'll finally get over our 4,000 hours that we need to do on YouTube to get monetized. Those were the metrics that we were aiming for, for actually the entire GT20. Like this is finally the time that we will hit those metrics. At the end of the first day, Harris's podcast had done 65,000 views. It had done 13,000 hours and it was viral on Twitter. 
and it did 100k the first weekend it was out like three days yeah the first three days it did 100k and we didn't know what to do and it wasn't only then that it got weird it got weird when we got started families and friends were tagging us yo this guy stole your clip that guy stole your clip and mind you we didn't know that we were supposed to watermark our videos or have mic flags or anything we were again start a podcast we had 25 episodes in the bank not even and we were just we were just going with the flow so now we start seeing clips being ripped off of our podcast on twitter and it's the it's majority of the time it's the same clip it's the 40 seconds where Harris talks about the indian cricket team and he says um Basically, in Urdu, he says, which means basically we didn't tell them to bring kids. To the emerging Asia Cup final. Yes. He was talking about the emerging Asia Cup final where Pakistan beat India. Now, in context, the way that Pakistani slang works is that in cricket, in, in, let's say if you're playing um, uh, amateur cricket, right? Village cricket Gully in Pakistan. Cricket. Gully cricket in Pakistan. Um, there's a saying where you say, oh, we lost. Which translates to we lost because they brought older kids. You know, when you're playing against 14, 15-year-olds and they bring like a 20-year-old, you're like, what the hell? This guy knows how to hit every single ball and like he's quick as well, so we can't play him. That's a common thing that happens in Pakistan. So the context was that. He, he said he said that the Indian media is saying or the criticism that we're facing is that which is that we brought older kids to play. Experienced experience kids to play or experienced guys to play. But that's not true because half the squad only has a handful of international games. Most of them play domestic or PSLs. And then his other criticism was, well, it's not like they weren't experienced either. These guys have P- IPL experience, which richest is richest league in the world, biggest league, league in, the, in the, world. the world. Yeah, biggest league in the world, richest league in the world, like you said. The uh, most the o- high profile players. Oldest league in the world. Um, they're all were probably the net worth of the Indian players was worth more than a, the Pakistan cricket team. Let's just be honest. So he's like, it's not like that's a small league either, right? That's one of the biggest leagues in the world. So w- what are we comparing here? The same team, sorry, the same team beat Pakistan a week before by crazy margins, some like eight, nine wickets, right? No criticism there. But a week later, Pakistan beats India in the final with a, with a healthy margin. And suddenly it's all these criticisms. Anyways, that's what he says for 40 seconds. And that's what most of the people were picking up on Twitter. And it's the people, when you say people, it's, it's like the biggest news outlets in India. NDTV, Indian Express, ARY News in Pakistan. Z News. Was, Z News, ARY News in Pakistan was playing it in the 9 p.m. primetime headlines. Yeah. A lot of the journalists picked it up. Even the Pakistan media was reporting on it. Um, the sad part, however, was like we weren't getting any credits for it. No right? credits. I actually... There's a thing when Hank Green got cancer, a lot of the media outlets reported on it. And he made a really funny video after, like two days later, which he was basically reviewing the news on him and how many people said what and how many people referred John Green. It was a very funny video. I highly recommend people to check it out. But I did kind of did that on my own. I was like, okay, let's see what who reviewed, like who reviewed us the best or who broke the news the best. Everyone sucked. All of you guys should be ashamed of yourselves. Three people didn't even name our podcast. One person, one outlet actually credited another news outlet. Z News. Yeah, I think Crick Tracker, one of the biggest news networks on social media, said the news was via Z News. Which is shameful. Has anybody ever heard of Backward Point? I guess not, but you will now. Um, yeah, and it was just like one of those things where we, 
Alhamdulillah, like we have friends that are like very big YouTubers in Pakistan, Ghazi Abgar, Fanjanejo, TPR Pod, etc. So I immediately got in touch with them because like I'm I don't know what to do. So I sent Irfan Bhai uh, a voice note. I was like, I don't know what to do. I sent Ali Bhai a, a thing because he's big on Twitter. So I was like, I don't know. People are ripping our stuff out. What do we do? And Ali Bhai was like, You got to be passive aggressive about this. Have a generic tweet. Post it whenever you see it. Like, oh, thank you very much for sharing our pod. Here's the full link. Um, and that's what I told you. We made a generic tweet. And that's, if you check our Twitter, like the past 50 tweets that we've tweeted are just at random accounts stealing our clips. And then Irfan said, you should immediately release the next episode because you, you want to gain on this momentum, which he was 100% right, by the way. Um, we took a couple of days and we released the Samin Rana episode because the Azam hadn't been shot yet. The Azam was shot the Monday of. Um, otherwise, I think we would have done the Azam first, but whatever. Samin Rana did great. And just what happened was the hottest one just took life of its own, like a life of its own. Like people who don't watch cricket, don't watch the sport of cricket, knew about this. And they were DMing us or messaging us, be it family or whatever. And it was a shocking. I was shocked. I don't know what to do. I mean, so at one point we were extremely happy that it went viral. We were extremely happy that we were getting the recognition we deserved. But at the other hand, we were also very stressed. Like, how do we combat the fact that people are stealing our content without giving credits? So we never anticipated that um, it would go this viral. I mean, I was just scrolling through Facebook and I saw my clip, like the clip from our podcast on this Facebook page called Just Pakistani Things. And immediately it had like half a million views. And I had to DM the admin to give us credits. And that was just the next few days for us, just constantly messaging people, commenting on posts. To, to ask them to give us the due credits. Stealing credits is just black signing things, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended, um, bro. And yeah, then, then the Samin Rana podcast happened, which is so special. <laughs> it's so dear to me because that is Samin Rana's first ever podcast appearance ever. We spoke to him at the team hotel. We were there to interview some players. We saw him and I immediately know this is the, this is the guy behind everything uh, that happens at the Hokalanders. He's also the personal manager for Harris Rove. So... Speaking to him would be a great opportunity. Samin Bhai was being very humble initially. He was like, talk to Akib Bhai, talk to Atif Rana. But we're like, no, we want to talk to you. And then he was so humble, so kind, and he so actually, generous with his time. He actually waited until our Haris podcast was over to then come over. Yeah. Because we shot Haris and Samin Rana on the same day. And um, we shot Haris. He, he actually gave us his personal number. He was like, whenever you guys are ready, DM, like, text me. Hmm. And we shot hottest. We had that in the can. We're super excited. And then we texted Samin. And Samin probably just came down in like 40 minutes. He was like, yo, I'm ready. Let's do this. And he's actually said he, he didn't care how long it went. He's like, I'll go as long as you guys want to listen to me. Yeah. And we went for like an hour and 10. Like we had to cut it down in the end. Yeah. We were like, maybe we should stop. Because you know what? It was weird because I don't know about you, but I felt like maybe I don't want to like exploit these people. I don't want to go for so long. They're, they're, they're important people. Yeah. They have other things to do. I don't want to just let them just sit here and just, just talk to us, even though I, I wanted to talk to them for hours. Like I, with Hottest, we could have gone for like another 40 minutes if we wanted to. Yeah. Um, Actually, so another important point we forgot to mention was uh, post the Harris podcast, we actually felt very guilty about what happened because we had spoken to Harris before the podcast. He sort of vetted us. He asked us what kind of podcast are we, uh, what kind of questions you might expect. And we told him clearly that Harris, by this is not something controversial. We don't want to make headlines. We just want to have an opportunity for the fans to get to know you, your journey, what your mindset is. Um, 
uh, as a cricketer. Um, and then what happened in the aftermath was 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 not what we wanted technically. Um, like we appreciate all the attention we got, all the headlines we made. Um, but ultimately, I, th- I think it sort of gave Harris a negative um, perception on the other side of the the border. Um, yeah, because when we uh, the couple of days after the podcast was posted, it was the final of the GT20, which Harris's team was in. Um, and usually before the games, you know, you you can say hi to the players. The players come come by. And they wave or whatever, come speak to you for a few minutes. And because we were in the media boxes right next to the player dugout. And we saw Hades and we said, we called him over and he seemed hesitant to come over. And that was the first sign where I think we both felt like, oh, you know, it feels a little bit weird here. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Because he's, he's a young guy. We don't want him to get in trouble. He's also, you know, a formidable part of Pakistan's T20 and now ODI setup. So we don't want anything to happen to our Hades because of what he said on our podcast. I felt so glad and a, like a weight was lifted when I saw the box on squad and I saw his name in it. I was like, I'm so glad we didn't sabotage him. Because the, again, anyone who's listened to this podcast since the beginning knows that our podcast is not about getting a player or breaking news or any of that. We are genuine cricket fans and we genuinely just want to speak with the, the person, the player, and want to know its stories. I feel like the... Where we come from in Pakistan, India, long form conversation, it's kind of picking up now, but players, like a podcast like Nadir Ali's, if you listen to, you know, if you're bilingual and you listen to Nadir Ali's podcast, he clearly has an agenda, which is clicks. That's not our thing at all. We don't want clicks. We don't want those clicks. We're here to speak to the person one-on-one eye to eye. And we told that to Haris and Haris genuinely seemed like that because at the end of the podcast, he was like, yo, I would love to come back. Like, yeah. I would, you know, you come to Pakistan, we'll do this again. And then when we saw him on the final, he seemed hesitant. He, he was, you know, distant. Uh, he, didn't, he just came to say hi and he just immediately walked past, didn't stay or anything. Um, I think it's, that was also because people in Pakistan appreciated what he said. Like, he was getting a lot of recognition and, and applaud for what he said because what he said was absolutely correct. It was factual. It was sort of the news on the other side of the border where he was getting a lot of hate, negative comments. Um, and I guess that's what he probably did not appreciate as much. Yeah, I don't think he wanted this to blow up like it did either. Um, I mean, retrospectively thinking, neither did we. Um, like I said, our, our goal was so minuscule looking back at it now. Like it's sitting at 220, 230K right now. And we just wanted 10 to 15. Yeah. <laughs> um, so stuff like that really annoys us bothers us because we want long-term relationships with these players we genuinely respect these players and and we want to interview them year after year after year for years to come like that's the relationship that we want that's the brand that we've created here at backward point that every player seems like they're comfortable and they'd want to come on and i was really happy when azam came on because azam the the situation with him was it was very hit and miss we didn't know if he was going to come on or not like we tried to organize something it wasn't happening he was sick he had to fly out there's like so many things that were working against the situation to happen but he came through and then remember in the car when we picked him up we i asked him i was like yo this hardest thing is making us feel like this what do you think about it and he's like yo don't worry about it like harris isn't is a he's an old he's a, he's a mature dude he knows what he said and technically he didn't say anything wrong either yeah so you know no no weight off your back just Relax. And even that made me feel good. Azam on the podcast also seconded what uh, what Harris said. Um, and again, you mentioned about Azam showing up on the podcast. 
against all odds, you know, I think one of the bigger, bigger things you forgot to mention was how critical we were of Asim on the podcast in, in past episodes um, about his fitness, about his form, about how serious he is about his cricket. But despite all that, despite his schedule things, about how sick he was, the fact that he was flying out in a few hours after the podcast, he still made time for us without any restrictions. He's like, guys, let's go as long as you guys want. Um, we even asked Asim, is there anything off the limits that we should ask him? And he said, no, nothing's off the limits. Ask whatever you want and I'm going to respond. And that was super professional. Uh, and that's something we appreciate about this new crop of players that we have coming in with the players like Haris and Asim. Um, I think, you know, it also gives like podcasts like these long form conversations. It gives an opportunity for the fans to get to know the players beyond the boundary. Like what actually goes on Haris's head when he's scooping, when he's about to scoop Andre Norkia in a World Cup match when he's bowling at 150 clicks. Like you've never seen that sort of insight before. The fact that when Harris was walking us through ball by ball, his innings against South Africa, how he came into the team. Like I think those are stories for ages. And I am so proud of the conversations that we've had with these players. And I think the fans have also appreciated and you know the comments um, that we've gotten People did not even know how clear of a thinker Harris was, uh, what sort of mindset he has when he's going to bat. Um, Harris, just a quick step from him, that he has the highest strike rate in Pakistan in T20s in the last three years, minimum 1,000 runs, strike rate of 148. So I think he's just a different beast when it comes to batting in T20s, the, the mindset he has, how fearless he is. Um, and he is part of that new crop of Pakistani players with Saeem Ayub, with Abdullah Shafiq, with Azam Khan. And we just can't wait to see what Hari is going to achieve in the next few years. And like you mentioned, we want long-term partnerships, relationships with these players. So we would love to get Haris on again, Azam on again, and talk to them again in, in a few months, years, whatever it is. Yeah, 100%. Because I feel like we, we were able to d- develop a relationship with Azam. And, you know, he's just a lad's lad, man. He's just a, he's just a dude. And I love that about him. He just li- loves to play his cricket. He loves to talk about it. He loves to chill. He loves music. Um, same thing with Samin Bhai, actually. He was older than us, but very humble, very soft personality, right? With one of the biggest brains ever by, you know, producing, con- like investing in high serve, literally giving Pakistan one of the best assets that Pakistan has gotten in, in years. Um, you know, my hot take, I, we were just talking about it recently. Like, I think in com- everybody was celebrating Vahab Riaz's, um retirement. And I have a bittersweet feeling with Bahab Riaz because I feel like Bahab Riaz was more of a liability for Pakistan than he was, a, you know, a luxury. But that's only because we have Naseem Shah, Shaheen Nafidi, and Haris Rove right now. And in comparison, everything looks pale for the past 10 years. You know, from 2010 to 2016, 17. Basically post-match fixing. Yeah, everything looks pale for the next seven years until Shaheen Naseem come, Haris comes. Hasnan comes, Dhani comes, then you're like, oh my God, look, look, look at these players. Like, where were they before? And that's why I guess Wahab doesn't sort of he compares, he's pale in comparison to these players. And that's that's my problem because I I can't sort of compartmentalize that. But it's only because we get people like Samirana investing in our players like that, you know, wholeheartedly, that Haris props out and Shaheen becomes, you know, probably the next captain for Pakistan. And et cetera, et cetera. So just ha- having one-on-one time with these people, basically the heart of Pakistan cricket for the next 10 years, 15 years, is wild, man. I never thought we'd be here. Yeah, but but I'm glad we are. And I, I can't wait to see 
where this podcast, how it evolves in the coming months and years. Um, I think the only way up from here is 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 skywards. Yeah. So stay tuned. You know, we wanted to thank all of our old followers. You know, before this GT20 extravaganza, we were just two brothers. We still are two brothers, just talking about cricket, uh, a sport that we're extremely passionate about, uh, a sport that we love, that we care for enough to have a podcast on it. So you know, even going forward, we'd love to just keep continuing these conversations. Um. And, and continuing to, to talk to players and ask them questions that you guys want to know about. Yeah, 100%. And now that we've sort of developed a following and people actually want to hear from us and, you know, 6,000 plus subscribers right now and it keeps gaining, um, the sky's the limit, like you said. And we will not be stopping. We will be, you know, pressing the gas. We will doubling, we'll be doubling everything. Um, there's uh, Patreon in the works. There's merch in the works. We want to make sure that we satisfy our fans as much as possible. And you'll be hearing about all of that very soon. So um, stay tuned, everybody. Okay, let's get into the business end of the podcast. And let's actually talk about the cricket that's coming our way. Uh, very busy coming months with the Pakistan versus the Afghanistan series, the Asia Cup, the World Cup. It does not get any bigger than this uh, when it comes to cricket. Um, so I hope you guys have your schedules clear for the next few months because I do. Um, and let's start off with the Pakistan versus Afghanistan series. We have three ODIs against Afghanistan in Sri Lanka. There was an 18-man squad announced. Um, I was a bit shocked to see a few names come back into the team. You know, we're weeks away from an Asia Cup, up a couple of months away from a World Cup. And to see these new additions in our team um, was a bit shocking. You know, more specifically, seeing Fahim Ashraf back into the squad, um, who has not played an ODI in two years. Uh, our last World Cup was in England. And that's, you can say, that's the place where we needed a fast bowling all-rounder. And we didn't have Fahim and the team back then. Now, when the World Cup is in India, suddenly, Inzimam Mulhak and Babarazam think that we need Fahim Ashraf in the team. Um, Firstly, how did Inzimam come back as chief selector? That itself is an anomaly. It's, this is insane. You know, we've had more chairmen's change in the last six to eight months than, um, than any other board ever. So the instability politically in Pakistan has no option but to reflect in the cricket board. Uh, but I'm just glad that it's not having a trickling down effect within the actual team. Yes, we're seeing a few names here and there. For the most part, Babar Azam is the captain. He is the one making the big calls and you can see it um, because for the first time in years, Pakistan is going into a World Cup with a settled set team. This is a settled team. We know potentially what the 10 or 11 players are in the playing 11. That's Tell crazy. me when the last time that happened. 99, probably. So no, maybe not then. Because so, what the hell was Wajahat Lavati <laughs> doing in that team, bro? Can someone <laughs> tell me? The 99 cricket, Pakistan cricket team is an iconic, legendary team. Unbeaten. Like, I will choose that team over even the 92 cricket team, right? I think a lot of people would. What the hell is Wajahat Lavati doing in that opening slot? Like, really? Yeah. But anyways, the rest of the 10 are like icon, icons. Icon, they're match winners. Uh, and it's actually, factually, if you, if you sit down to make an all-time Pakistan ODI 11, at least seven to eight players will be part of that playing 11. And so there is an argument to be made that the Pakistan team of the late 90s and early 2000s did not win as many matches as per what the potential on paper of those team was. So that's a different debate for a different podcast. But yeah, 1999 was the last time where Pakistan had a solid team. Going yeah, because I'm recalling 2015, you know, Ajmal gets uh, gets banned, Janet Khan gets injured, Hafiz gets injured, 
randomly Ehsan Hazal comes in, Rahat Ali comes in, Nasir Jamshid comes in. Suhail Khan was your prime baller. Like, what is going on? 2019, Yunus Khan opened that against India. 2019, the World Cup squad gets announced and then a week before the World Cup, you make three changes. Muhammad Awar comes in, Asif Ali comes in, Abd Ali gets out. Just a lot happening. Again, this is the first time that you're seeing, like, I know what the 15-man squad is going to be. And I can guarantee you... I'm you can pick be, your 11 right now. I'm 95% going to be accurate about what the World Cup squad and the World Cup playing 11 is going to be. So it's, it's heartening to see that what Barbara Azam has been doing for the past two, three years, we're finally seeing the fruits of those labors. You know, as much as you can criticize Barbara, this is the first time that we can see an actual team, a group being formed, which is away from politics, which is away from fixing and any of those scandals. So heartening to see. But again, coming back to the series, was a bit shocked to see Fahim Ashraf. I don't know why we need him in the team. I don't see him fitting in, in any of the scenarios of the playing 11 um, that at least I have. What are your thoughts of Fahim Ashraf in the team? I mean, they could play Fahim Ashraf against uh, Mohamed Nawaz if the pitch is seeming uh, for this. I see him in the Asia Cup a little bit more just because, you know, Sri Lankan pitches, they turn a lot, but sometimes they just bounce and seem. Remember when Chamin Nawaz used to play and they used to make... They used to make pitches that you make used to make Vasa's ball like move like feet in the air. So that is uh, but can Fahim move it as much as uh, Fahim can uh, barely move it, bro. <laughs> and would would you actually pick Fahim as the fourth seamer all under, or would you pick Wasim Junior? Oh, that's a good question. I I pick Fahim. You pick Fahim. Yeah, Wasim Junior can't bat to save his life. Um, remember what game was that? It was he- a game against Zimbabwe. Where he played too many dog balls and eventually the game got to the last over and we lost the match. Yeah. So, yeah. Over there, I think Fahim would have scored. But again, ha- has Fahim... Wasim, much- Wasim Jr. is not an all-rounder. I think he's trying to convince us that he can bat, but I'm yet to see something. I agree. I agree. But at the same time, Fahim has also not proven his skill with the bat. Um, yeah, Rana Sada has run the PSL, bro. Bro, it's the PSL. So, I mean, I'm not degrading the PSL, but unless those numbers aren't translated to trash cricket, they don't it's, mean anything. They don't mean much. To so when honest. I said that, like last year, you you chat on me. <laughs> but, uh, when, but now you're saying the same thing, really. Um, we we also see Tayyip Tahir coming back and not come back, but come into the team for the first time. Uh, he scored 100 in the emerging Asia Cup final against India. So I guess that's the fruits of his labor. Um, he he's a good attacking batsman, one of the best domestic performers uh, in the past few seasons. So. Good to see him in. Good to see Fahim in. Uh, so Chucky was also in the team. Uh, you know, he's made the team based on his performances and tests. Pakistan is a weird place to play cricket. You you perform in one format. They put you in the other formats. You don't perform in the one format and they'll remove you from the other formats as well. Yeah. So it's either you're all in or you're all out. There's sort of nothing in between. There's no balance. Um, and so So Chucky comes in. I guess he's sort of a replacement of Haris Suhail who if fit, if in form would have been in, in Barber's team. We saw that he was part of the last ODI series against New Zealand. Unluckily, he got injured while fielding in the first ODI, before the first ODI even happened. And if Tahar Ahmed came in the team, thank God. Blessing in disguise. Scored 97 in that fifth ODI, which, I you, was there. which, which you watched yeah. live in Karachi. Uh, and now he's a permanent part of the team. So these are good tweets. As it should be. Good changes. Uh, Abdullah Shafiq is also in the team. And, and Sean Masood, they have left out. Um, shocking shocking because ballsy we we're just talking to Azam Khan on the podcast and Azam was mentioning how amazing <laughs> Sean Masood's listing numbers are but I guess he has not been able to translate that into white ball cricket 
um, for ODIs in Pakistan at least. Um, and and the way that I see Abdullah's role in the team is is is, is for a backup opener um, in the case where um, either Imam or Fakhar, God forbid, get injured, Abdullah comes into the team. I think Abdullah is a really good backup opener opening situation. Just give me one second. I'm going to drink some water. Sorry, guys. I have this really bad, weird cough from Pakistan that I it's been I've been in Canada for a month, but this cough would not just go it and it's completely dry. Anyways, Abdullah Shafiq as a backup, I love that. You know, I think this guy has potential. I think I've said it before in the podcast. He's the next best thing after Baba Razam. Um, in in the new crop of players, I should also say that because I think this is a good question to ask you. Actually, who do you think after Babur is the best batsman in Pakistan cricket team? In the I Pakistan think, cricket team, because I think it's Imam Haq. You think it's Imam? I think um, it's tough to say. I was I was gonna say my mind was giving, going straight through Rizwan because I just think Rizwan is very compact. He's got a decent technique. Um, he's attacking um, and. He's he's a very hardworking batsman where he really works hard for his runs. He pushes those singles. Um, so I was gonna say Rizwan, but yeah, Imam is also he he's been good. He's, he's worked a lot on his flaws and his technical issues that he's had in the past against short balls. His numbers don't lie, bro. Numbers don't lie. He has a fifty four average right now in the past two years, and his striker has gone up in the last two years. One hundred four or five. Um, he's he's a, he's not in a youngster anymore. He's a veteran. He's a mature player. He's been in the team. For at least five to seven years, he's at his peak. You know, it's it the Asia Cup and the World Cup is going to be played in the subcontinent, relatively softer, drier pitches, lower pitches, and he plays a spin really well. So if he can just get through the first six eight overs and you know come into the middle a little bit, what's stopping him? Nothing. Yeah, I think the, the this Pakistan team, it can do wonders. Or it can flop out. I, I'm more inclined towards them performing incredibly well just because of how consistent this team has been. You know, it's the number second team in the ODI rankings. If they potentially beat Afghanistan 3-0 in this series, they'll go to number one, walking into the Asia Cup, walking into the World Cup as the number one ODI team. It's a different swagger. Up under Bob Rossum's captaincy. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's sad that the world of cricket, the ICC, they're not taking Pakistan's but the Pakistan team seriously. We recently saw the World Cup promo come out, and I think there were only one or two shots of the Pakistan team with the Pakistan players. Um, and one of them was actually Pakistan in a negative term. It was one of the meme guys um, in the promo. And this is considering the fact that Pakistan has three of the top five ODI players in the batting rankings, Imam al-Haq, Babar Azam, Fakhar Zaman. And Pakistan is the number second ODI team they, they're one of the top performers in the last ODI World Cup. Uh, and Pakistan is a team that the whole world wants to see. They want to watch them. They're a mercurial team. They bring in the fans um, into the stadiums. And for them to just not get that credit, not get that recognition, was, was sad. It was disheartening. Um, and it just makes... It fuels my ambition for this team to do well so the world of cricket can actually take them seriously. Yeah, I feel like... It was very similar to in 2009. Also, the Pakistan cricket team was not being taken seriously in the T20 World Cup and ended up winning in Lords. So I have high ambitions of Pakistan cricket team making it through and, you know, just lifting the cup in Ahmedabad, bro. I just want them to, to win this World Cup. This is the best Pakistan squad that has ever played 
this is the best Pakistan squad that's ever gone to a World Cup in my lifetime. And I want to make sure that they win. Absolutely. What I can think, I do? I think <laughs> um, they'll win. What I, what I want to say to the fans is don't take the next three ODIs against Afghanistan too seriously. These are technically Afghanistan's home series. So they'll make conditions that are suiting for them. You know, and they have three or four of the most world-class spinners in the world in the likes of Nabi, Rashid Khan, Mujibur Rahman. And they also have this new left-arm orthodox spinner called Noor. Um, so they're going to make spinning tracks. They're going to try to spin away around Pakistan team. And there is a chance that Pakistan's batting order might collapse in one, of the, one or two of the matches. But don't take these matches too seriously. And to the Pakistan team, I would say, like, don't try to experiment too much. Like, you're just weeks away from, a, from an Asia Cup, months away from a World Cup. Just keep playing the same 11 that you have. Um, the more opportunities this team will get to, to play together, the more they'll know about their strengths, their weaknesses, where players can step up, how they can perform, and you'll just have a better idea of what potential this team has going into the World Cup. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. And I will retweet everything you just said. I think um, we have to give these boys a chance. Even if the Afghanistan series goes 3-0 against us, it means nothing. I, I bet them... Th- th- my money's on them to win the Asia Cup because they went to the finals last time. And my money's on them to at least get to the finals of this World Cup because they made it really close last time as well. Um, yeah, man. Pakistan's in the butt. As a Pakistan fan, I cannot take another heartbreak after what happened in the 2021 T20 World Cup, the 2022 Asia Cup final. 2022 World Cup final. I just can't take it. You know, I'm happy that we're reaching these uh, these stages in these tournaments, like the finals or the semifinals. It's a big accomplishment. But I think it's time for Babar Azam to finally get his first trophy, his first title, um, and then on to bigger and better things. I think it starts with the Asia Cup and ends with the World Cup. There's yep. no other way. And then we go for the Test Championship. Let's get it. Let's get it, bro. All right, I think that's a good place to end it. We ran a good 42, 42 minutes. Um, it's good to be back, man. New studio, new lighting setup. Um, you know, let us know if you guys enjoy the new new setup we have. We have some GT20 merch in the back. Tell us what we should put, you know, in, to fill up this white negative space as well. We're, you know, we're open to uh, suggestions like that. And um, we're very excited for the future of this podcast because there's going to be lots of episodes, multiple episodes a week. There's There's like three games going on next week. We might come back for every game. We might you know, do a series wrap up. There's so much going on. Um, very excited for the future of whatever happens on this platform, whatever happens with the box and cricket team. Um, we didn't really talk about India losing against West Indies, but you know, you don't really have to talk about that. You can just watch the highlights on YouTube. Uh, we'll link it in the bio below. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, take it easy. Like subscribe, review all that stuff. Um, don't forget to do that. It actually helps. Um, I know for, for a brief moment, Backward Point was actually the number one sports cricket podcast in North America. Such a niche, but it feels good because you guys go there, you guys vote, um, you guys go there, you guys rate and leave us reviews. It actually helps us, bumps us up. So thank you very much. And uh, enjoy the rest of your nights or days or whatever you guys are doing. Cheers. Thanks. Yeah, this is Bashar signing out. I'm going to say signing out and uh, we'll see you soon.